Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Many families are on holiday or they are planning at the time this program is to go on holiday. And, you know, reaching mid-December, that's traditionally the time that businesses slow down and schools and madrasas are closed. And with that said, you know, many of us want to post and share about our holidays on social media. We may want to showcase uh, the trip we had, the foods we ate, the people we met, all of this that we worked very hard for. But when it comes to children and specifically teens, how do we as parents now sit them down, ask them to think twice about what they're posting? So today we're going to learn more about if there is a balance between being on social media and still having a private life. And we're going to learn more about this. We're going to learn more about the evil eye. And here are some very, very heartfelt reminders. Our guest today is someone who can connect with this age group in a beautiful way. It's, it's sometimes complex. It's not always the easiest because in those teenage years of being between a child and an adult, there are few people that, that I know personally that can actually do this. And I'm so glad that our guest today is joining us for this because she has a knack and a gift for working with people in this age group especially. She's an educator, a radio personality, and a lifelong Islamic student. Our guest today, Sister Ma'alima Mas'uda Jaffi. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakumullahu khairan hafidharihana. It is absolutely an extreme honor to be uh, joining you this, uh, this uh, well on this beautiful, on this beautiful day, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And have you, have you been keeping well? The last we spoke was you were taking us through the life and the legacy of Maryam alayhi salam and really got us moved uh, really to tears. And I know I kept thinking and playing through that interview afterwards for many days. It just left such a mark on me. So again, Jazakumullah khair for that. How have you been since then? How is everything on your side? Alhamdulillah, I think, you know, when we, when we take some time to really reflect, um, and, I, and I don't just mean um, in the sense of like researching a particular topic like we did, Alhamdulillah, but really putting into perspective of how it affects your life, there's, there's a difference, there's a major difference because then you start seeing um, not necessarily the exact same similarities, but things that you can link to and be like, okay, this is my journey and, you know, these are my tests and I should be a bit more conscious with regards to how I react to things. Uh, subhanAllah, so on a very personal level, um, there's been lots of growth since then, alhamdulillah. Um, and, you know, you really tend to, um, when you find and you seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will definitely find him uh, right there always, I think. And um, that's one thing I feel like we should always uh, embrace, inshallah. Oh, absolutely. Jazakumullah khair for sharing that with us because in your sharing that with us was meant that Allah inspired your heart to share that. So the lesson for me to take from there, the hikmah for me to take from there and for our listeners, may we may we receive that fully from our heart space. And like you said, you know, growing and and awareness and healing and that is this journey of a Muslim in this world, isn't it? That we're always on this journey, always trying to be better, be better, trying I, to grow ourselves. Yeah, yeah. 
and I want to come here with with the understanding that um, the the difference here do not we shouldn't mistake this for sihr, right? We shouldn't mistake this for black magic, in the instance whereby they had affected Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But we're looking at merely just being envious and jealous of a person of what they own. There was an incident which is this hadith that we just spoke about referring to, where one Sahabi. Um, uh, was instructed by Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam to to bath to take a bath so that he could um, cure himself from from the yalain uh, of another sahabi because it was what he wanted. What the, someone someone was jealous of his beauty. And if you're looking at that um, simplistically, it, we know that our our natural fitra there are certain qualities that we would have that would be positive and negative, and this is our innate nature. And one of that is to obviously to a certain extent, um, want what someone else has. But we need to learn to curb those emotions, which we understand when we let it go and we start spending a lot more time with those uh, who have more than us, it seems as if we become even more jealous and envious. And that is why today's topic is so important because um, in real life, we see things around us that we like, but I think on social media, it's a different platform because people only post what is the most awesome and the most extraordinary things in their life. That's it, that's it, absolutely. Like you mentioned, post what's the most extraordinary, what's the amazing thing, and it's very much like the conversations we have, like you said, you know. allow people to benefit from uh, the lessons you've learned. And often we have that toxic positivity out there, right? And then everything has to be so super positive that people feel that they, they can't feel, they can't uh, go through anything negative. So, yeah, I think social media plays on that part. Um, you know, you know what, we, we spoke about how many families are now preparing or may have already left for their holidays. Uh, I think some many people still do the traditional year-end holidays. Uh, we're probably already starting to see and will see in the coming days and weeks um, our timeline, social media timelines flooded with, with photos and with um, reviews and all of that. And many of our teens, tweens and teens will be sharing and oversharing on their holidays. You know, it can stem from wanting to show off, to show, you know, you know yeah, it could just wanting to fit in. How can parents literally now sit down their teens, draw up guidelines. Is it okay to post this or not? How do we have those conversations? And do we have them? Unfortunately, I don't think we do. We should actually start having these conversations um, when our our kids get access to these apps. And I think that's the most important thing. A few years ago, I actually attended a cyberbullying workshop and um, Attorney Sumer was amazing because she touched on a lot of things with regards to what happens in cyberbullying. But then she um, she moved off to the terms and conditions uh, with regards to these social media apps. And the, the scary thing is we click OK. We agree to it. And this is, uh, I think, across the board, it's not just because we're South African, it's not just because, you know, we're young and we're naive. Across the entire world, people will just click OK and they agree because they want to get access to that particular app. But take the time, and I think this is something that parents should start doing, even if your kids have the uh, the application, because the scary thing is with regards to um 
uh, apps, for example, like Instagram and TikTok and for that matter, is that once you post uh, a picture, it no longer belongs to you. You are sharing that right of what it or what uh, you have taken with your own personal phone and you have given that right over to a third party and they can do what they like with it. For example, um, anyone for that matter sees your post, likes it, can share it. And that's still fine if you're thinking, okay, well, I'm sharing a hadith, I'm sharing um, a particular video for that matter. So it shouldn't be something that I'm afraid of. But what happens when you, you're being silly and you're being, um, you know, and maybe you're catching up to something that is completely unacceptable and you have recorded it or a friend has recorded it on Instagram or TikTok for that matter and shared it. And that gets shared so many other times. So now you're sharing in that sense. Now, the, the, the one thing um, that's, that we should be aware of is, firstly, the embarrassment that would come from it. Secondly, you don't want, we wouldn't want your parents to know about those things in the first place. We shouldn't be doing it, but I mean, like, we, should, we don't want people to know about it. And it becomes this entire culture with regards to, again, cyberbullying. Now, we, we, we find what, what happens is, as parents, we become so uh, complacent. We give them phones and we just expect them to know what to do. There should be boundaries. Mm. There should be things that we actually put into place. And um, I, most Android phones, uh, you have to link it up with an email address, whether it's with Google, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, and there is so many different ways in which you have these free, family-friendly uh, apps where, as parents, you have control. And I, I did this for my daughter, which she did not like initially, but it's one where you can govern the amount of time that they're on. You can um, uh, approve the apps that they, that they use, uh, even to the extent where you can say, no, they can't upload. I mean, sorry, you, they can't download certain apps. Uh, and, the, the one th and you can block even um, the apps such as YouTube, etc. If you don't want them on those, it can be blocked. And this is where the parental control comes in. You as the parent are in charge because this is again your role as a parent you have the right to give them a good upbringing and if we have to guide them in such a strict way uh, i know it sometimes feels counterintuitive because oh, they, they, they're not going to trust you it's not about trust at this point it's about teaching them what they can and cannot post and then have before you even do any of this before we get to the point where oh well i've done this they're going to feel they're not part of the conversation. So as young as they are, because I feel they should only be getting, my personal opinion, they should only be getting social media apps from the age of 16 because then they're old enough to have and be a bit more wiser with regards to things. Um, so if they've got Instagram or TikTok, sit them down and say, look, this is what I would want you to be aware of. So this is what happens um, with regards to besides posting up of your pictures and your videos for that matter, who, I, who can see those things? Because not just are we talking about the embarrassment for that matter. We have predators out there who, who would, would prey on our kids, which is also another aspect of, of safety with regards to our children. So if they understand what they can post and what's appropriate and what you have deemed as appropriate for them um, and, and tell them, look, this is what I will allow you to be able to do because at the end of the day, there should be boundaries. This is our boundaries in Sharia. But as your parent, I would like you not to do this. So I have a rule with my daughter. She's only 12. And I told her, although she doesn't have have any of the other apps besides WhatsApp. It's only family and friends that I know of. And even with her statuses, I told her no faces. 
I would prefer if you do not put your face uh, on your profile picture, neither on your on your status, because you don't know who has your friend's phone for that matter and who's going through your statuses. So um, they think it's cute posing, you know, funny pictures, uh, duck faces, and and uh, it's it's to a certain extent still teaching them how to be able to be tech savvy in a way, but then that too should be governed. And I know it's. Um, it's one where we feel oh, they should know this. No, don't assume our kids know. Make sure we have those conversations. Even if they roll your, their eyes at you a million times, repeat yourself until you're blue in the face, but don't scream. Speak on a level where you'd want to be spoken to. Inshallah, Allah make it easy for all of us. Amen. I mean, I mean, such a... Beautiful, beautiful advice. I'm, I'm going to have to play, although I don't have a teenage anymore, but I will need to play back on that because there were such gems in what you said and making them part of that decision, understanding why it's important. You, you mentioned something uh, very interesting and, I, and I, I, I really appreciate that policy that children should not be given social media access uh, before a specific age or certain age, at least not before the age of 16. So, so I want to talk to you about that way that social media, like you said, can attract unwanted attention. You don't know who's seeing it, who's tagging, who's forwarding, who's sharing, all of that. Um, and again, maybe this speaks more to the parents even than the children. But how do you see that balance? Can that balance be drawn? Where a person posts daily, but they they still have this private life um yeah, away from prying eyes, away from the envious eye. Is it possible to have that balance? I'm, I'm interested to know what you think about that. I think there is. Uh, we have set rules within our household um, because of uh, because of people's eyes, and this is the one thing that I think uh, we should establish. Like, don't post pictures up of the food that you're eating. And I'm, I'm going to give this um, a real life example. Um, you know, you tend to notice uh, your. Uh, especially in the month of Ramadan, all of a sudden, just after iftar, your stomach hurts. Um, you're feeling nauseous. You're just feeling uneasy because we've posted our food pictures up before iftar. And people who might not have that or even not necessarily be doing it out of, um, you know, uh, from a negative space. It's just that they've seen it. So they see it and, they, and their eyes want it. And it's that envy in that moment. And it does fall upon you. But you have put yourself in that particular position, right? So we have certain rules. Don't post our food pictures. Um, and uh, my, my brother always would say, wait for a week. If you're taking pictures of something that we're eating, fine. Just give us all a week. And then you can post up those pictures. Uh -huh. uh, and, and I always would laugh about it. And he'd, he'd say, you don't understand how, because he's very sensitive. Uh, you don't understand how it truly affects a person on that particular level where that you can actually feel it when something is not right and because we're so busy with our entire lives we don't particularly focus on oh i'm not feeling easy because of this it does cause strife even with regards to relationships so you'll notice um all of a sudden you're having an argument with your sister and you love your sister too but but recently we posted up these amazing pictures that you and your sister had taken over the weekend because you did a sister day sister spa day mm -hmm. Um, family functions, all of a sudden there's, there's, there's a strife within the family, there's arguments, but we had a family reunion and we posted about all these amazing pictures and all the funny videos and um, us laughing and joking. And you must remember, as much as we would love to share, because in that moment, it's just about, oh, this is so cute, let me share. 
Let's think um, about it. Um, I, I think I was watching a video by Sheikh Ali Hamouda, uh, and he mentioned we don't understand uh, the extent of what we have that is such a blessing, subhanAllah, and we take it for granted because how do we know the person watching that video or seeing those pictures have what we have? Um, that we eating a particular meal that that person has uh, have ever eaten steak for that matter, you know, or ever eaten in a particular kind of restaurant. So we, we it's, it's about being cautious about what we post. Um, I, I also want to add on here, recently, a lot of, um, I'm going to say, uh, celebrities, a lot of uh, influencers have come out actually and said, please use Instagram or they rather use Instagram as a uh, marketing tool. It's not necessarily one to showcase their life. And remember, even if you are, it's about um, what you're doing. So as, as a celebrity, as somebody who's probably in PR, in public relations, what you are seeing, and this is my advice to parents as well as to all the, all the teens who are tuning in to us, um, remember, that is a minute that has been completely curated perfectly for that 30 seconds or 60 seconds, depending on what you're watching. So um, I, I, I laughed about this because Mumtaz and I were on um, one of our lives and what happened was the space around me was cleared. So whatever you saw behind me was cleared and uh, I started sewing. So all my things were on the side and packed up and it looked like a jumble sale on the one side, but in, behind <laughs> me, it was absolutely clear. And I laughed about this exact same thing. And I said, you know, nobody sees what's happening behind the camera. And this is the thing. We don't see what's happening behind the camera. So we don't really know what's happening there. So for us to think of, oh, but everybody shares. Uh, let's get out mm -hmm. of the mindset of sharing everything with everyone. How about experiencing that moment right there? Khair, we want to capture a beautiful picture while we were on holiday because we happened to see the whales. Mm -hmm. Take the picture. Have it with you. Is it necessary for you to share? Khair, we can. And then add to that, maybe doing it a couple of weeks later, whatever the case may be. Um, add something that you want to share. Why, why particularly are you sharing that photo? And, and as kids, why are we sharing it in the first place? Because it could have our location on. So stop tagging yourself at places because you make yourself susceptible to, unfortunately, we live in an age whereby trafficking uh, and child trafficking is a thing um, and sex trafficking is a thing it's not an, a far off concept that doesn't affect South Africans let's be aware that if you tag yourself you make yourself a victim uh, already because you're putting yourself in harm's way and this is scary that these are things that happen even when we go on holiday um, preferably don't post that you're going because if people know who you are and it's easy to find your location, um, we tried this. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds scary. Like I said, we've been learning from our own mistakes. We tried this. On, on Snapchat, you can find people. You can find your friends that you do have. It Obviously, it has to be activated on your side. But for somebody who doesn't know, you, can have, to, you have to make it private. It's available. The same yeah. thing with your phone. Somebody can track you and find you. And these, this is scary because at the same time, although it's pretty cool in the case of in an emergency and you need to find someone, but at the same time, how scary is it that if you have your phone on, anyone can find you? And and I'm talking about with minimal hacking skills. I, I am not an IT fundi and we tapped into my sister's phone and uh, we, we kept on teasing of like, oh, we know where you are, we're driving here. And it was scary on her side as to how is it possible? How do you know where I am? And um, uh, we, we were just doing it as a joke, but at the same time, 
this is something that is so is, is, is to the extent where there's apps there's things that you can go online and use to find people so if they can find us these are scary points of what you share can be used against you so be wary of what you are posting and i'm not saying this because I'm trying to just scare you. I'm trying to make us aware of being careful of what we post. Because even if we are posting um, about a particular event that we went to, curate your mm. pictures in such a way where maybe the focus is not on yourself. And if as a teenager, your, your parents have not allowed you to show yourself, um, khair, then mm. pictures about the things around you. Whether it would be, uh, for example, um, my daughter always says, so I can take a picture of my books if I'm, if I'm reading a book and I want to share that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, can I take a picture of a particular place? And I'm like, if it's distinct that you can see number plates, if you can see street names, no. Um, you know, like certain things I've, I've tried to make her aware of just so that for her own safety, and it's not just for now, but for future reference, just be wary of what you are doing. Because the minute people would see us, and let's be honest, we've been in, in situations where, whereby we've heard, whether it be our own parents, whether it be our aunts and uncles or random strangers, they have a discussion. Oh, you know, she went here. Spending all mm-hmm. our husband's money, all of these mm-hmm. kind of conversations, we laugh about them because it, it is kind of funny in, in that moment. But what are we doing at that point? Jealousy and yeah. makes us talk about those things because we want those things. Or we, we, we feel in our heart, um, oh, I, I don't have it. So it, it, wow. it then eventually becomes us making nashukri. So we, we, we would be having um, that attitude of, of not making, take, thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what we have. Allahu Akbar. Yes. It's just remarkable to see when we how everything goes back to our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything goes back to our um, accountability to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, taqwa in essence, right? This is what it means. You've shared such wonderful tips, mashallah, mashallah. Lots of lots of practical pointers that we can we can all implement. Um I do want to come back to the Instagram lives later on and maybe you could share how listeners can, can follow through with that. Um, we will come back to that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, what we're seeing online uh, is is just very, very specifically curated for those milliseconds, if not a minute. Uh, and as adults, we get so taken by it. So what about for our youngsters? Um, and that, that is not easy to be to be living with. So may Allah make it easy for everyone, for everyone. Um, are there specific du'as uh, or ayat of the Qur'an that you recommend we recite? Uh, I know that your your lineage, your heritage is coming from a family of scholars, both your parents. May Allah uh, raise their ranks in Jannah and reunite you with them, with Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi your parents were, were pioneers in da'wah and Islamic education in South Africa. The work that they did, very few ulama have done that ground root uh, work that they've done, uh, whether it was with uh, born Muslims, meaning people born in Muslim families, those that reverted to Islam, the work they did was incredible subhanallah I've not met many people since then that have been able to do the work that your parents did and they did it so selflessly without social media 
and just so quietly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, raise their ranks and grant them Jannah. Ameen. But coming from a family of that background, and you yourself, mashallah, being so learned, what du'as, what ayat of the Qur'an would you like to remind us or teach us today that we can read? So you've given us such practical tips on what we can do, everything from you know, the settings on the phone and just being considerate of ourselves and others, how what we post impacts our iman and the iman of the people. We could be a fitna to those people that are even viewing what we update. Uh, great tips. Take us through maybe on the spiritual hygiene level. What can we read to protect ourselves from this? We don't want to be in a state of paranoia, but we want that protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please. Bismillah. I mean, Allahumma, I mean to your beautiful dua about my parents. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate their status in Jannah. I mean, and reunite us. Um, Subhanallah. Um, I, I, I think the one thing that we have to understand on a, on a very deep emotional and spiritual level is that when we ourselves are uh, in, a, in a very connected state with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, any fluctuation in that, we tend to feel it a lot more. So we might not be feeling it all the time, just similarly like how Iman fluctuates, um, this is how we're going to feel it. So when we feel something's off, don't automatically just assume, oh, it's the evil eye. Right? There might be other spiritual factors here as well. But at the same time, there should be a daily practice of us protecting ourselves because we put ourselves out there. I put myself out there on social media for work. Um, and uh, many of you probably do the same. And when we're taking a look at our kids who are doing it, they're doing it just for fun. So this should be something that we are doing collectively as a family on a daily basis and the first thing that we should be doing um, would be reciting manzil within our home and let our kids learn it as well if if not memorizing it uh, at least to sit together and read it so that they are you know the more you practice on something it becomes so ingrained that eventually it is something that you've memorized maybe a year down the line in, uh, without um, excessive effort in, in, in a particular moment um, and this I mean like you know where you're sitting heavily and, and, and trying to memorize uh, to memorize it but it's important that we turn to the Quran first and this I think is so important that the the uh, the greatest remedy for us the shifa that we are looking for the cure that we are looking for would be in the Quran so there are uh, three ayat of Quran I'm um, sorry three surah in the Quran that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had advised uh, if somebody had uh, f uh, been affected by the evil eye that they should be doing this um, then should be reading it and this was in a hadith narrated by Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha and she says the three surah that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned were um, surah al-fatiha surah al-falaq and surah al-nas and surah al-ikhlas now surah al-falaq and surah al-nas called the Mu'awwadhatin and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would read Surah Al-Ikhlas, Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas and he would blow into his hands and then he would rub it across his entire body so he'd pass his hands over across his whole body wherever he could reach and he would do this three times so if you're looking at this protection before you're going to bed when you wake up in the morning we would love to protect ourselves and this protection comes to us um, and if you're looking at why and I would love us to take this opportunity because it is the holidays take some time to learn the tafsir of Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas. Then you could understand the reason why this is such a powerful surah where we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection. And also, we have Ayatul Kursi. So we should be protecting ourselves every single day. And it should be something that becomes so natural for us. So whether we're doing it after Fajr Salah or uh, also 
participating in the sunnah, we're uh, making adah of the sunnah, where you're reading ayatul kursi after every single one of your fard salah, so that they can be done as well. And this is all just to protect us. And I want to add on one more um, from the Quran before we go on to a, a dua. And this is to recite Surah Al-Fatiha even more so than we do so in our salah. Because if you tend to look at it, we're asking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Fatiha to keep us on the straight path. The path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most pleased with. And this is something important because this is asking for guidance. We're asking for guidance. So when we're asking for guidance, we're asking Allah then to guide our actions, our thoughts, and uh, our words. And in, in, in a way in which then will extend it to our phones. Because then if you're guiding, if you're being guided, you'd see something, oh, I'd love to share, maybe I shouldn't. Um, and then what we, what we expose ourselves to becomes more guided, alhamdulillah. Now, the easy dua from the hadith, where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that uh, for us to, to utilize this for the protection of the evil eye, uh, to recite, أعوذ بكلمات الله التامati من كل شيطاني وهامati وكل عيني so this means I seek refuge for, uh, for you both in the perfect words of Allah from every shaitan and every poisonous reptile and from every evil eye. And I think this is something that we can then add to our daily ma'mulat, our daily recitation, our daily adhkar that we are doing so that we can then truly protect ourselves and cover ourselves in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because it all stems from us doing it on a continuous basis, inshallah. Amen. Inshallah. Amen. Amen. Jazakullah khair for giving us that. For some, it may be reminders. For some, it may be something new. And like you said, the holiday time now, wonderful time as a family to get in that habit. Um, you know, we talk about us as a community where we are often so fixated on social media or we judge ourselves, others through the fault of social media. Uh, how can we as individuals not cast an evil eye when we are on social media? How can we remind ourselves, you know what, it's okay if they have, they seem or appear to have more than me, or they appear to be having a more fun holiday than our family, or go to more fun places, or more uh, have more expensive clothes, or their parents have a better car than my parents, or they go to a more so-called upmarket school, all those type of things. How do we, can we remind ourselves without falling in that comparison trap? Mm. Each one of us, subhanAllah, yes, created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a similar manner to everyone else. We are so unique and, you know, our, our minds and our personalities are so different. And our nature around us has nurtured us into the particular person that we are. And as parents, sometimes we do the comparison thing, which sometimes leave our kids in a situation where they feel the need to compare themselves. But this, this first is advice to the parents. Be careful of how we um, compare our kids to each other and make them sometimes feel inadequate because feelings of inadequacy then tend to lead us easily then to want what others have. And then for our teens who are listening to us alhamdulillah you have this nature within you to look around 
and like things. And when you're liking other things, alhamdulillah, we should then make dua for the next person. Because when you want for your brother what you want for yourself, we are then ex- um, exuding the character that we are taught by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is a quality that we should want. Is that this, this is what makes us successful, alhamdulillah. Um, that we wouldn't be be making dua for, um, you know, or, or rather making selfish duas where it's just for ourselves. And if what we see, when we see somebody else has something nice, um, we say MashaAllah for ourselves. But when we see what somebody else has, we should say Tabarakallah. And may Allah grant you barakah, right? And and it is a good thing because remember, when you make dua for your Muslim brother or your Muslim sister, the angels reply, وَإِيَّاكُمْ And for you as well. So in actual fact, it's a, it's a safeguard and a brilliant dua, subhanAllah. And I have fun with this sometimes because I, I sent my friend this beautiful message. Um, and uh, she said, I know why you're sending this and why you're making dua for this. So Allah can grant it for you too. The angels can say, وَإِيَّاكُمْ And you know, we joke about it, but it is sometimes a, a great barrier as well as a defense against um, making or rather wanting uh, what others have. So when you see somebody what somebody else has, say tabarakallah. It is important. And when you acknowledge what Allah has given you, you're saying, MashaAllah, may Allah increase. Alhamdulillah, may Allah be pleased with me, uh, be pleased with this in particular. And it's good to acknowledge what you've been given. Alhamdulillah. And it's also good to acknowledge the gifts that Allah has given others. But if you find yourself to be one who uh, negatively compares themselves to others. So you're going through a very bad emotional space right now. You had a fight with your best friend, um, a fight with your sister, or your parents have decided to um, be a bit more harder on you because certain rules were broken. So certain of your, um, I'm going to say, those goods that you have is yours have been taken away. So obviously we're in a negative space. We're angry with the entire world. This is not a time for us to be on social media because then out of anger, we will forget to do this. We'll forget to say tabarakallah. We'll forget to make dua for the next person. And if we see what somebody else has, alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed them. But when we are in a negative space, oh, see, they gone here. And they can do this. And my friend has gone to Turkey. And this one has gone here. And I'm just stuck at home. And this is when we have those negative thoughts because of the fact that we in ourselves are in a very emotional state that's not in a good space because then we are really, really going to compare ourselves. And Shaitan wants us to do that because then it leads us towards um, um, it leads us towards the evil eye it leads us to then wishing that our brother doesn't have it and remember when we're looking at the um, you know the, the only time I feel to a certain extent um, that we are then more susceptible to this is when we are not confident about ourselves. We are in a space of being completely uh, depressed, uh, where we are uh, in a negative space completely, so then stay away from social media. I think that's most important. Stay away from that which is going to then lead you down this path because then it becomes one which, which fuels your anger and then you start taking out your anger on others. So being a teenager, I know it's scary. It's a point where... Um, and I, uh, you don't understand what's going on with you. 
yes, there's loads of emotions, lots of hormones flying around. And so at this point, you are in constant flux. You're happy, you're sad, uh, you're not sure how to process everything. But there are people who can help. And your parents are there to be there for you. It's just that sometimes you don't want to see it and it's okay, but they are there to guide you. So um, look at them as being your guides instead of the um, the guardians who do not love you. They do. They really do. And they're only doing this because they love you. So when you're looking at what you're doing, remember, let it reflect that kind of love because I know you love them. Deep down you do. So let, us, let our actions reflect it and don't post out of anger. Never, ever should you post something, whether it be as a status, as a message, because you are angry with your parents or you're angry with your friends or you're angry with anyone for that matter. Always think what you say and think what you post. Very important. Absolutely. Great lessons for all of us, for our teens listening in, our tweens and adults as well. All of us need that. Those reminders, I'm so glad that you've been able to share them with us. Jazakumullah khair. Masura, tell us a bit more about, um, yeah, I think if you were to, you know, knowing that we have many teens and tweens listening in today on holiday, um, if you had one message to share with them about social media, about contentment of the heart, about the reality of the ayn, what would that message be? Um, SubhanAllah. Um, we lived and grew up in an age where these things were not accessible. So we didn't have access to uh, Instagram or TikTok. We had Mixit. We had BBM, you know. So we had things which we could probably share a really, really blurry picture with someone. Um, and it does still... It still then perpetuated a scary space because people could still share things. And the one thing that I wish somebody had told me is that you can unplug. You can take some time off from it, and you should. Get to know who you are first before you start posting. It's not about being self-confident or I have to fake self-confidence or I have to um, put on a persona for uh, my TikTok or for my uh, whatever it is, Instagram for that matter. And I don't have to be making content all the time. Nobody told you to do so. The one thing that you have to, the one the one being whom you have to please is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the one person who has to be happy with you more than just your parents is yourself. Can you live with what you've posted? There's lots of things out there, there's trends out there that are in such a way, we would initially we would laugh, but let's take a look at it. If you are doing one where you are pranking someone, from an Islamic point of view, we shouldn't put somebody in such discomfort at all where you are pranking them. It wouldn't be right because uh, the extent of the pranks gets to the point where this person falls down or they la- or, or you'd be laughing and they wouldn't. They'd be in tears. Um, you're putting them in such shock. So these things are obviously, yes, it's great for views, but is it great for your soul? Is it great for who you are on a spiritual level? And you might not be thinking about it right now because... Be kids, right? And, and I'm going to say kids. I'm not going to even say teenagers. Uh, my daughter hates when I say there's no such thing as teenagers. From an Islamic point of view, you're either a child or you're an adult. So once you hit that age of bulughat, I'm talking to you now as an adult. Your choices are important. They are going to make who you are. And when you post certain things, you will be identified as this. Coming up in the next possibly five to seven years, when you start looking for work, Because we live in a very tech-savvy world, 
everything that you've done online will still be available. So it could be a silly video that you've made when you were 14, 15, or even 16 years old. It could be something that went viral that was really disgusting, but you're part of it. So when job opportunities come forward and your bosses or your future bosses see it, this is how you will be labeled. You could probably not get a job because of certain things that you post. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and your family, your daughter allow you to grow from strength to strength, use you for the service of the Ummah and the Deen. Ameen, Ya Rabb, Ameen. Ameen, Allahumma Ameen. Jazakumullah khairan to you, uh, as well as to the team at Radio Islam. It is always one where I feel humbled, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will only use you where you are needed. So alhamdulillah, it is because I've been needed in this space, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take, always take, take work from us, but we can always em, uh, em, empower ourselves first, as well as others. And um, inshallah, Ameen, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us all together uh, in this world and in the next. Ameen. Amin ya Rabb, Amin. Jazakum Allahu khairan and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We've been speaking today to Mu'alima Mas'uda Jappi. Mu'alima is an educator, radio personality and lifelong Islamic student on the topic of the evil eye. What poignant, heartfelt, sincere advice and reminders for teens, tweens and their caregivers. Alhamdulillah. Playback on this interview. Lots of beautiful gems that we can apply in our own lives. Lots of beautiful nasiha for us, for our children, uh, for our families as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding if you'd like to be in touch with Sister Masouda for her one-on-one counseling sessions, for her group programs, her workshops for teens and tweens, please be in touch with her through social media, her Instagram Mondays, programs as well that you can benefit from, inshallah. And with that, we come to the close of this week's edition of the program. Jazakumullah khair for joining us, and we look forward to having you with us next week as we continue looking at ways and how we can build and grow ourselves inside out. Until then, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.